Welcome to the Script Bits podcast for this Christmas day of December 25th, 2022. And we wish all our podcast listeners a Merry Christmas and a bright and sparkling New Year. And our bit for today comes from Luke 2.14 that says, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. It's Christmas Day, my people. Yes, glory to God. At long last, the big day is here when we celebrate the marvelous and most miraculous birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Whoa, he's the best present we've ever had. Couldn't be a better one either. For he was born so that our sins could be paid for, so that we could have the option of salvation and eternal life. And for that, we give him much thanks and praise. This year, Christmas Day falls on a Sunday, and there's no better day to have all the pomp and pageantry than on the Lord's Day. So let's open up with a classic old hymn, one written by the renowned hymnist Charles Wesley, who lived between 1707 and 1788. It's a most appropriate song of praise and worship titled, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Now, some people sing it slow and dirge-like, but today we'll sing it in a lively, up-tempo beat, effectively showcasing the joy and gratitude we truly feel over the incarnate birth of our Emmanuel, 2,000 years ago, and who is still going as strong as ever. In fact, he's stronger than when he lived on earth. Therefore, with voices of sacrificial praise, in sweet, heartfelt harmony, let's deliver up our song to heaven. Singing, Hark the herald angels sing, Glory to the newborn king, Peace on earth, and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. With the angelic host proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. And we come to the refrain that says, Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. And the next verse tells us, Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ, the everlasting Lord, late in time, behold him come, offspring of the virgin's womb, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, pleased with us in flesh to dwell, Jesus, our Emmanuel. And then we go through the chorus one more time there, then come to this last verse, hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace, Hail the Son of Righteousness, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mile he lays his glory by, born that we no more may die, born to raise us from the earth, born to give us second birth. And then we go into the chorus, hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. And we do it one more time. 
Have the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king? Yes, my people, we did that ever so well. It was a fantastic job of letting heaven know how grateful we are for Jesus. No doubt about it. And it's such a wonderful song with all kinds of scriptures intertwined. And I like this commentary on it that says, containing biblical phrases from Luke, John, and Paul, the text is a curious mixture of exclamation, exhortation, and theological reflection. The focus shifts rapidly from angels to us to nations. The text's strength may not lie so much in any orderly sequence of thought, but in its use of scripture to teach its theology. That teaching surely produces in us a childlike response of faith. We too can sing glory to the newborn king. And is that ever the gospel truth? Now, let's look at some of those scripture verses that the song emphasizes. Now. It opens with Luke's telling of the Christmas night story where an angel suddenly appeared to shepherds out in the fields, scaring them half to death, then telling them of the birth of Christ in the nearby town of Bethlehem. And while he was telling them the good news of the Savior's birth, the good book declares, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And that comes from Luke 2, 13 to 14. Yes, friends, that's where the herald angels sang. And in the next line, Wesley throws in the aspect of reconciliation, most likely from Paul's words to the Corinthians, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. And that comes from 2 Corinthians 5, verse 19. And are we ever glad for that ministry of reconciliation, my people? And the first part of the next verse seems to reflect Paul's words from Galatians, where he says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made or born of a woman, made or born under the law. And that comes from Galatians 4.4. 4. And there is no doubt that the last part of that verse relates to the first chapter of John's Gospel, in particular verse 14, where he says, And the word was made flesh, or became flesh, and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, for the last verse, there are a number of scriptures that seem to be referenced. The first and most notable being that favorite scripture from Isaiah. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, 
the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And we all know that comes from Isaiah 9, 6. Then there are these reference sentiments from the prophet Malachi. But unto you that fear or reverence my name, shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall, that's grow up fat like stall-fed calves, and that comes from Malachi 4.2. And we all know where mild he lays his glory by comes from. That favorite scripture from Philippians 2 that says, Who, being in the form of God, taught it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made or came in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion or appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And that's Philippians 2, 6-8. And the last reference script here comes from 1 Peter. Those famous verses we all know and love. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy, had begotten us again unto a lively or living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. And that's taken from 1 Peter 1, 3-4. Ah, my people, how wonderful is the word of God, eh? It's just filled with so many marvelous prophecies and promises. One of the best being the birth of our Lord and Savior on this Christmas day some 2,000 years ago. And that began God's reconciliation and our salvation. Wow, it's only right then that today we should praise and honor our triune God for all the good things he's done for us, his greatest but most disobedient creation. So let's enjoy the day, eat, drink, and be merry, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Sorry, for this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And all of that comes, we know, from Nehemiah 8.10. Much love. And the postscript for today says, Without the incarnate birth of Jesus, there'd be no Christmas season. And you can't dispute that, my people. So please, let's get out there, eat, drink, and be merry, and send for those who don't have any. But please, please remember that Jesus is the reason for all of this festivity. And we need to contemplate on him, think on him, praise him, and give him much love and honor. And we pray all of that in his mighty name. Amen. Please have a blessed Christmas day and a happy and joyful one, my people. Much love.